I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Tom DeMarcus is by the night. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Here we are, round 11 of the Supercoach 365 podcast. Ryan and Tommy back to dissect everything that was magic round. Plenty of action on the field, plenty of action off the field as well. We saw some, well, plenty going on in the stands last week, didn't we? Not all good. Tommy Hudson, mate, you're flying. Talk about on the field action. Your Supercoach team, just those green arrows, you're a magnet for it. Yeah, good day, Ryan. Uh, back into the top 1,000, which was good to see on Monday morning. Uh, but yeah, it was a good round of footy. Magic round just looks great, doesn't it? I think we said last week that we kind of say every year that we want to go up. And uh, watching the action made me definitely want to go up next year. So hopefully we can get that arranged. This is it. Line in the sand. We're saying, hold us accountable. This time next year, we'll be coming back. You and I might be hungover still by Tuesday when we press record. Because um, it looks a magical weekend. And, you know, no pun intended up there. But, I mean, everyone who goes, they, you know, rant and rave about how good it is. Um, about time we experience it for ourselves. We're going to try and get some of the listeners involved next year. So stay tuned in the preseason as well. Uh, if anyone wants to come along with us too, Derek's, um, you're more than welcome to. Uh, you'll be paying for yourself, though. Uh, Tommy, other than that, the, all the action on the field, I said it was plenty of good. There wasn't, I mean, from a super coach perspective, it wasn't all good, though, was it? Because it looked a low-scoring round, a sort of a throwback to rounds two, three, where it was a real struggle, a real fight to hit those scores. Yeah, absolutely. I was. I think I got 1,088, and that was only top 6%. So the scoring was quite low. A lot of people got under 1,000. And uh, I think a big reason for that was probably a lot of the bigger teams playing each other, which probably led to a lot lower scoring. And that is, again, a factor in round 11. So it's one to look out for. Yeah, we'll put the scores up on your screen here now, uh, holding us to accountable. Tommy, 1,088. Some green arrows there. Back into the top 1,000, as you say. What is it, 700 and something by the looks of it there? Yeah, 703, uh, but as we keep saying, the next six weeks will really sort it out, I think, during Origin. They will, the men from the boys. And just showing you how close the round actually was, look at my score, 919. So, I mean, a tick over 100 points behind, but, I mean, what was I, top 50-something percent? So just shows you how close it was around, you know, an average score versus a slightly above-average score, even though 
there wasn't really too much difference uh, amongst our two scores there. As you say there, um, it's a tricky part of the year, isn't it, that we're getting to uh, two weeks away until uh, that first buy round, as you say. And that's really what we're going to talk a lot about tonight, not only round 11, all the action from the eight games coming up, but looking ahead and, and planning ahead because planning is going to be important. Absolutely. We've been speaking about round 13 for a few weeks now, but it's only, what, two weeks away? Pretty much every trade you do for the next fortnight should be for that round. So, yeah, we'll definitely focus on that tonight. Before we dive into that, of course, uh, we'll talk a bit of round 10, Magic Round, and we're going to do this again, the good, the bad, and the ugly to come out of last week. There was plenty of bad and ugly, but let's start on a bit of the good. For me, I'll kick us off, Tommy. Pump up the tyres a little bit. I didn't make many right calls last week, or, I mean, really, haven't made too many right this whole season, but one of those good calls was holding on to Isaac Tango. He scored 105 in a difficult-looking fixture against the Melbourne Storm, so pats on the back to anyone like myself who kept the uh, Penrith left centre. Yeah, well done. I, I, I'd lost patience in him, and when I saw him scoring a couple of tries the other night, it was pretty tough to watch, uh, but... Well done to those who did hold like yourself. Uh, my good was Isaiah Papali'i. He's just going from strength to strength. Uh, two tries the other day, over 100 points, I believe. Uh, some people even captain him. So if you captain wow. him, you were absolutely fine because the popular captain, Hines, who we'll get to in a minute, only got 50. So, yeah, Papali'i, he is uh, on fire, and he's almost looking like a must-have at the moment. Yeah, plenty went from Haas to Papali'i with, you know, Haas's concerns around the shoulder and such, but... That's my bad, not owning uh, Papali'i. I thought I could go cheap in the forwards. It's just costing me and you know putting money into the backs. It has worked at different stages, but not working at the moment. Um, question there, you say there about Nico Hines being such a popular captain option last week. I think he was 49% owned and 40% captain, So, and that's across the whole game. So that's, I mean, what is it, four-fifths really. So really pretty much 80% upwards, Captain Hines, if they owned him last week. When do we start going a pod captain? Is it too early? Because, I mean, as you say there, Papali'i playing after Hines last week, maybe a pod as such, probably a safer scorer. <laughs> you look at it, but it does take a little bit of risk versus reward to make that decision. Yeah, I don't know if I'm brave enough to go out on a limb and do a big pod. And I think the other day, those who did do Papali'i were rewarded for their bravery. But, you mm. know, Hines on paper looked like a good option uh, against Canberra, but... Like a few times this year, the, cap, the likely captain option just hasn't presented uh, the goods for Supercoach. He was really bad the other... Not bad the other day, but that was my bad. His score of only 50 as captain was not great. And also in the same game, Sifatalakai, just not producing the scores we expected in these on-paper easy games. You and I, we held off. We held off. We couldn't hold off any longer on Talakai, could we? And then, sure enough, like we knew it was going to happen, really... Um, He's just not performed a couple of scores in the 40s, maybe in mid-30s as well against the Broncos. Uh, maybe this is the week for Talakai because last week certainly wasn't. Uh, Hines and Talakai there, as you say. Talakai's my ugly for the week. I just feel like I keep coming back to that point. We sort of missed his initial price rises. We held off waiting for that low score. It never came. As soon as we got him in, you and I, he seems like uh, we're just weighing him uh, down. The weight of the world, really. This is a good fixture this week against the Titans, it looks like. So... Uh, hopefully you can make amends for us anyway. Yeah, maybe last chance if you're looking to sell him this week against the Gold Coast. Uh, my ugly was, or well, is Ben Trebojevic. Um, Not really his scoring, but more the fact that 
you know, myself and half the game probably brought him in in the last week for round 13 purposes predominantly. And now he's likely to be missing that round with, I think it's a shoulder injury. So it's pretty disappointing that, you know, the main reason we got him in is not even going to be a factor anymore. Yeah, there's been a couple of those already this year, and that's one that really hurts. And, you know, speaking of trades like that, I know it's, uh, you know, I don't want to touch on too many uglies, but Isaiah Tass, again, not being there named for round uh, 10, and again, not named tonight, uh, Team List Tuesday, as we go to air for round 11 either. Let's recap some of those results on the field, though, Tommy, because uh, this is where we pick it up. The Knights spung that result against the Bulldogs. You and I, we both liked the Knights in that one. The Outsiders in the end as they jumped on topsport.com.au. The Broncos as well, far too strong for the Seagulls. I think we both liked the Broncos as well, but we never could have predicted this sort of scoreline. 38 points to nil, and Adam Reynolds, didn't he wind back the clock? Yeah, how good was that chip and chase? Uh, he's probably playing crew best footy, I guess. He's pretty much got the license to run that team, and he, he's doing it with absolute venom and... Just it's awesome to see. Uh, on Saturday we saw a good triple header. Warriors beat the Rabbitohs thirty-two points. Sorry, Rabbitohs beat the Warriors thirty-two points to thirty. A weird game. I don't know how the Rabbitohs nearly lost that one, but yeah, they wouldn't be happy with the win. Really, the way it went down. Uh, Titans beat the Dragons in Golden Point, twenty points to sixteen. I feel like the Dragons threw that one away a little bit. And uh, the piece de resistance was Saturday night. Panthers. 32, Storm 6. Uh, I know Storm had some players out, but I still thought this was awesome from Penrith. Yeah, the way they won, wasn't it? Just relentless. And, and again, missing Hughes, missing Pappenhausen. It wasn't going to be easy for Melbourne. But I guess the way the Penrith just showed no mercy, that's what's made them such a good footy team over the past couple of years. We'll flash up uh, just those last couple of results here before we do move on. Uh, just on Penrith, though, you mentioned uh, Isaac Tungo already, but Cleary was back to somewhere near his best. I think he got 88. Uh, Luai looked more threatening with the ball as well, so good signs for Penrith heading into what, again, will be a tricky period for them. And then one of the surprise results, and there was a couple of them, but this one probably the biggest of them all, really, the Raiders, 30 points to 10 victors over the Sharks. Tommy proudly sporting the Raiders uh, kit tonight, and so you should. They were pretty impressive in that one. Uh, the Roosters and the Eels, somewhat a surprise result. Again, the Roosters outsiders, but, I mean, this is what we wanted to see from the Roosters, didn't we? We said it didn't matter how they won, they just had to win, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, and they're starting to hit some form, I think. Uh, that game against the Titans two weeks ago probably has played them into form. Nice win against Power, and uh, we'll talk about it a bit tonight, but their run the next six weeks is really hard. But, you know, if they mm. play like that, they might get some results. And, of course, the Cowboys just kept on doing what they've been doing for the past nine weeks prior to round 10, just winning games, winning it well, too good for the West Tigers in the end. Uh, 32 points to 16, I think it was. Uh, and the Cowboys, again, you spoke of the piece de resistance. Who would have thought we'd be saying that about their clash with the Melbourne Storm uh, this week here? Um, let's just throw up as well, before we move into the round 11 preview, we'll recap all of the scores from our overall group. You'll find this under your leagues, we say it every week. $500 to the winner, free to play, 576855. Uh, well done to Troy and Roosters Pack, who still shows the way here. Uh, fifth overall, Troy, so he might be hard to catch there. But uh, as we say, 500 to the winner in an NRL jersey of your choice to second place. So don't give up. Uh, looks like we've got Dane there in second, Hugo third, uh, coach of Benny Barbar. Uh, the Fraudy Fraud Thomas, uh, that's his name, not you, Tommy. Uh, Ollie's Woolies and so on and so forth. Uh, Moses's men, Julian, still hanging around. He was top of that ladder at some point early to start the year. Of course, that $500 to the winner, courtesy of Top Tippers. Uh, 
Uh, and if you are jumping on, we encourage you to do so sooner rather than later. You just have to give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, a follow, all of that, wherever you do get uh, some of our best work. Tommy, let's get into round 11. Uh, it kicks off again Thursday night. Back to Thursday night footy this week. Um, normal transmission resumes. And Newcastle and Brisbane, two sides coming off wins. We spoke of it there. They kicked us off in Magic Round last Friday. Uh, and I guess the talking point in this one, the team sheet, it's Anthony Milford back against his old club. Yeah, two players this weekend going to their former clubs. Uh, we'll get to the other one soon. But uh, Milford, yeah, that's... I guess we knew it was coming for a while, but it's quite interesting that it comes against the Broncos. And they probably need someone like Milford, don't they, Newcastle? Because all year they've been struggling for points. And I don't know how fits and how good he is at the moment, mm. but you know, we all know he's best, how good it can be. Yeah, he's got the spark in a super coach sense. I just you know remember back to his glory days. It was, um, you know, weekly scores upwards of 70. And he's one of those players, sort of like a, a Ponga or, a, you know, one of these high ceilings, Munster even, when he's at his best, he can hit those heights. I guess different to Munster in the sense that he's just not as consistent. Hopefully he can bring a bit of that to Newcastle because they need a bit of spark and a bit of creativity. He will bring that. Uh, as well as uh, Milford's addition, we see Tyson Frizzell back. That's a big boost for the Knights, but not only for them, for himself personally. he want to push for this Origin jersey. Yeah, 100%. It's a big game for him. I think they look quite strong in the forwards this week. I think Clem has been playing well, as we've mentioned a few times. He's, he's scoring great. Um, Safidi's a solid player. Barnett was good in his return. So I think this is one of the best sides the Knights have put out this year. Uh, maybe they can show some form at home, but the Brisbane Broncos, let's go to them now. They've been absolutely awesome. I don't think yeah. we really expected this from them. We didn't, and I don't think you know many could. You'd be a liar or a Broncos fan if you said that you did, because um, you know one man Reynolds he spoke of there, but he's just brought it in, everyone else around him on and and just really uh, turned this team into a, a bottom four contender, wooden spoon battle, perhaps to a real t- top eight force, perhaps Broncos here again favourites with topsport.com.au a dollar forty Knights the home side the outsiders three dollars and five they're getting a seven and a half start Newcastle I do like that the start um, their defence Newcastle they're going to have to aim up because Broncos we've seen it plenty of points out wide Cobo a hat trick last week and Katoni Stags we say it every week that he's just one game away from clicking and going on a run but this could be it I feel because he gets a good go outside uh, Reynolds as we say but uh, running at Bradman best, the suspect defender at times is Bradman. Yeah, I feel like Staggs is one of the players this week which people may look to sell. I'm not personally. I think he is worth holding for a game like this. But what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, Broncos don't play round 13. He yeah. could be part of Origin, maybe. He's not producing the scores, but he's playing quite well, so it's a tricky one. Yeah, I think we say it most weeks, don't we, that he's he's looking good, like he's playing good footy. It's not like he's making plenty of errors. He's defensively so sound, and I think that'll be the attraction to the New South Wales camp. Like, if he's going to play a centre role, if it's turbo to shift to the left and Stag stays on his preferred right, it's his defence which is going to win in that jersey, not his attack, which we look at maybe with Talakai. Talakai versus Staggs, of course, was spoken of the, the origin battle. I think Staggs is streets ahead of Talakai still, but... Um, this could be a game where Staggs' attack ignites, as we say there. He gets every chance. Uh, otherwise, here, I wouldn't be selling him. I just think, yeah, he's one game away, and we've seen it already this year. He can score one, he can score two tries, and suddenly his scores upwards of 100. 
yeah, I think it's just worth keeping for now. But, like, I do think if he can't go big this week against the Knights, well, then maybe we have to start thinking that maybe he's not that good at super coach anymore. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what are you thinking in this game in terms of a bet with topsport.com.au? I don't mind, as you sort of alluded to, the Knights at the plus seven and a half. Uh, Brisbane are playing great, don't get me wrong, but they've had a lot of home games at Suncorp, big fixtures, big atmosphere. Yeah. This might be a little bit different away to Newcastle. Newcastle coming off a win, albeit not a great one, but they might yeah. be able to build something from them. Yeah, not horrible. I think, I mean, it's, it's tough and as gritty as that win was. Maybe that's exactly what they needed. Uh, no nonsense sort of win. As you say, when Broncos have won, they've won well. Uh, they've put away teams, I think, you know, mainly obviously the, the more recent one. But even when they beat the Sharks, I think the final margin was seven, but they never really looked troubled. So if this does turn into a dogfight, Frizzell back... Uh, Clemmers, I think he's in career best form. I think I said the other day to you or some, maybe someone else, I think he's playing better now than he ever has. And when he's represented New South Wales in the past, he's just doing so much work. It's exactly what they need. Uh, give me Newcastle. I might even just take him head to head. $3.05. I've bagged them all year. I'm going to uh, tip them uh, two weeks in a row. Not the words I thought that would come out of your mouth, but uh, no, I do agree with you. Good game. I think it's actually a good game, this one. I think both teams will be desperate. Brisbane are in really good form. Now, let's move on uh, to the next game, and this one, of course, is the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Uh, throw it up on your screen there. And the Tigers' narrow favourites here, $1.80, Bulldogs, $2.05. Plenty going on off the field for the Bulldogs this week. Uh, headlined, of course, by Trent Barrett being, well, did he get sacked? Did he quit? Probably doesn't matter. He's not there this week. And neither is Brent Naden, who moves from the... Uh, He's moved from the Dogs to the Tigers effective immediately. So I don't think he's playing this week, though. Well, he's in the extended reserves, apparently. Uh, He may... Someone on Twitter, one of the NRL journalists, was tweeting that he will actually play. So wait and see. But it would be quite amazing for him to turn out against the Bulldogs seven days after he played for them. So I'll wait and see there. But personally, I don't think it's a earth-shattering move, really. It's not going to change much of the Tigers' fortunes. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of injuries. Brooks is out. Simkin is concussed, so he's missing through HIA. Uh, they welcome back, well, I think debuting for the club, Farmer New Brown, definitely a throwback there. Yeah, New Brown, uh, part of the Sharks' successful 2016 squad. He spent some time uh, at the Roosters via the Bears as a development player, signs a full-time contract after uh, doing good things. I think it was for the um, the Rovers over in there in the Div 2 in, in England. So comes back, he's... He's a running nine. Uh, I think he'll want to find himself a, a job in the halves eventually. But for now, he could, you know, beef up that uh, the the nine stocks there at the West Tigers because they seem to have so many injuries. Simkin and Little, they just go down every second week. Yeah, they're really struggling for our playmakers. Dane Laurie's also out, so Staffatoa's been deputising at fullback and really struggling. If you saw Ruben Goddard's dry the other night, yeah. Uh, the doggies, uh, Avrilo's in for Naden. Jackson Topany is uh, starting second rower, so he could be a little cheapy maybe. Uh, apparently, though, I would say with the Dogs, watching Gus Gould on 100% footy, apparently half the team has the flu right. and their team could change drastically. So I wouldn't be too uh, set in stone with what they've named today. Now let's talk a little bit around 13 here because Bulldogs, obviously one of those teams playing. Plenty would have gone to TPJ, I feel, on the back of the Haas injury or even... Uh, you know, upgrading the likes of a Josh King at the time to a TPJ with round 13 in mind. He just got the 32 minutes last week, Pangai, looked somewhat disinterested. 
um, and just didn't really look a feature of their attack or the, you know any part of their strategies or plans. So does a new coach shake that up? Who is the new coach? Do we know yet? No, we don't. And you wouldn't think that uh, he could be used any less than he was the other night. He was taken off so early. He looked very tired. And that was just a week after he played really well against the Raiders. So I don't know what to make of that. Maybe he's just not that match fit. But look, I, I haven't brought him in yet, but I honestly want to for, for mm. the buy coverage. But it was, it was a tough watch the other night if you, if you had him. Would have been frustrating. Like, I know we've said that before about... Um... David Fafida and similar sort of players in terms of their super coach abilities and what they can bring to a team. They're just not bringing it to their own teams uh, recently anyway. We saw him do so many good things though at the Panthers last year when he went to the club. His role was simplified, sort of just went through the middle, got offloads and eventually found more attacking stats as well because he was just always around the ball. So maybe that's the go for Pangai. Get him back in the middle, simplify his role. Uh, things may come on the back of that. We know he's got a big motor. Um, you've got here as well, bounce back factor with the new coach. Well, as you say there, we don't really know who that is yet. I think that's a myth as well. I, I don't know. You'll often hear, if you do listen to the Sportsbet boys uh, over there on their podcast, get them on side, they will say there's, there's this stat that goes around about this bounce back factor. It just doesn't happen. So when you're doing your bets this week, of course, uh, with topsport.com.au, not the rival, um, be sure to take that into account. The Tigers could just be good things this week. Maybe they just get it done. Well, it's a really tough game to bet. And we say you gamble responsibly every week. You'd have to gamble very responsibly in this game. Like dollar eighty, the Tigers, two dollars five, the Dogs. The Tigers with injuries, the Dogs with a coach that we don't know who it's going to be, and the flu. It's a really tough one to pick. Uh, leave me out. <laughs> Let's move on to the next game because, yeah, I think best that we do leave that one there. The Eels and the Seagulls, this one, the later the game, the primetime game on Friday night. And uh, this one has all the makings of a game where Manly just need to click into gear, sort of like we saw last week with the Roosters um, coming back up against a big rival in Parramatta. Maybe this is the game for Manly where they switch on because they need to find something. They were dreadful against the Broncos. Yeah, as good as Brisbane were, Manly were just pathetic, really. They just didn't look interested. Their main players, like Turbo, he, he's, I think he had a cork, they're saying, but, geez, he did not look interested at all. Mm. Uh, they'd want to improve a lot in seven days. Manly uh, travelling to the old Bankwest, now Combank Stadium. The outsiders, $3.10, Eels firm favourites here, $1.38, topsport.com.au. That line, again, an enticing 75 uh, Parramatta at their home ground, I think that record is far better than it is when they're away. So take that into account as well. Um, some team news here, though. Uh, it looks like Ryan Madison will start at lock. He's been coming off the bench and doing a pretty good job, it must be said, uh, off the bench, but earns uh, a starting role here. And that sees Nathan Brown back to the bench. Uh, Maker Sevo, one of the uh, popular names here, a fan favorite. He's back in jersey number 24, so a chance to play as well. Yeah, I reckon a couple of names to watch there in Madison and Sevo, particularly Madison. If he can lock down the lock spot, pardon the pun, uh, we've seen over the years how good he is at Supercoach, and he would play, I think, round 17 by. Yeah. So he's someone who could get in between the two by rounds and probably keep for the rest of the year. Definitely, and that's sort of what we've said, isn't it? Target that second by, and if he can find some value there around these players, that will get a good run. He was in the extended origin squad in 2018-19, I think it was, Maddo. I, I don't think he's hitting those heights this year, so um, you probably don't need to be wary of uh, origin two or three him missing out. So 
no, not a bad shout there. Uh, you mentioned Turbo's cork there. Now, a question that I've faced and I've had to answer myself. Is he a sell? He's bleeding cash. He's bleeding plenty of cash, in fact. Uh, I'll ask myself the question, am I going to sell Turbo? No, I'm not. I think I said last week, um, if you've bought him in, if you've, if you've traded him in for those two fixtures against the Tigers and Broncos, you just almost have to suck it up now, don't you? Because you've made the decision. It might be right or wrong, but you just have to stand by it, live by it. I think so, yeah. Uh, maybe in hindsight you got it wrong, but it was it was a hard decision because, like you're saying, they had two really good games on paper, mm. and he could have went a lot bigger against the Tigers. He probably just didn't have a lot of luck with some of those tries. But, yeah, I think you have to keep him. But penning his fitness, because he really looked out of sorts the other night, and I know they're saying it was just a cork, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but it looked a bit, looked a bit dodgy. It's a bit suspect, I think, even the way that he, uh, after the game, in his interview with, I think it was Jonathan Thurston on Channel 9, really dismissive, like didn't want to buy into any injury talk. I think he was just really disappointed about the result and the way they played. And, and I mean, that's a sign that he's ready to do something about it as well. So uh, leave me in for Turbo. And again, just going back to that game against the, the Tigers at Brookie a couple of weeks ago when I did bring him in. At the time, I'm thinking, I wasn't sure on my trades, and this is probably what we go back to. If you're not sure or anything... Maybe it's best to hold off. In hindsight, maybe it was. I didn't need to trade that week. But, I mean, the allure was there, wasn't it? Turbo against some of the worst defensive teams in the past couple of years anyway. Uh, I found it hard to go without him. But anyway, so did some others. And he and Garrick have just really let those down who brought them in, particularly Garrick even for round 13. Yeah, Manly, I think we've said a few times the last few weeks, you know, they're a very popular team in Supercoach at the moment because they have that game round 13. But having to deal with some pretty low scoring in the meantime which is uh becoming a hassle for you uh the betting here with top sport dollar 38 para three dollars 10 manly probably hard to argue but paramount a very consistent side aren't they they are um yeah i mean we've seen them already this year para they in the game that they probably were tipped to win against the cowboys and they didn't get it done Concerns about their attack in that game as well. I think they scored just four points. So if Manly do aim up, which they, they rarely do, it must be said against a top four team. And that's what the Eels are, really. Or at least they're pushing for that honours come the year end. Um, give me Para at the minus seven and a half in this one. I think that's probably the go. I think uh, they might just have too much. And they're, in their defence, while it hasn't been good in the last couple of weeks, Parramatta, I think this is a game that they're, they'll probably set themselves for. Yeah, not sure about the line. I'll probably go with the overs in this one. I think what you're saying there, I don't think either side's defending overly well. And if it's a dry night in Sydney, we could see some points. Sivo, Sivo, Sivo. Maybe a chance this week. Anyway, um, just before we move on from that game as well, you've obviously spoken about how good Isaiah Papali'i has been. Uh, he's definitely someone that we want to get to soon. If you don't already have him, I don't have him. He's just killing me. You've brought him in a couple of weeks ago, reaping the rewards and... Uh, I think he's upwards uh, of 800000 uh, now, a break-even in the 40s or 50s, so making money again this week. Um, so he's definitely one that you want to be keeping for the run home. One of those names we spoke of for round 13 in the past couple of weeks, Josh Schuster. Uh, I think he's named on the bench this week. So what's doing there? Just something seems a little bit off there. Yeah, well, I was really keen to get him in a couple of weeks ago when they were playing West, but then he was ruled out. Now he's back on the bench, so... I still probably will look to try and get him in for the buy round if he's in the starting team, but it is, it's, a, it's a tough one to follow at the moment. Yeah, 
And the fact that they're playing Davy ahead of him, maybe they're just trying to ease him back. We've seen this uh, a couple of other times with different players, and we'll get to one of them later, a bigger name, club captain even, who's just had to come back off the bench and, and bide his time and uh, wade in the waters, you could say. Uh, let's leave that one there, though. And next game here, of course, uh, not quite the... Uh, Centerpiece of the weekend. Saturday afternoon, the Dragons and the Warriors. Speaking about teams uh, just know how to throw away games, the Dragons are one of those. They, I mean, how did they not win that game against the Titans last week? Up by six, kick adjacent to the post sack Lomax. He just sprays it wide. It would have been an unassailable eight-point lead, I think. Yeah, something tells me we might have had some money on that game. So it uh, wasn't an easy watch at all. Uh, yeah, I thought I think they should have won that, but they just threw it away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrell Sloan was pretty poor, you'd have to admit, but I don't know if I agree with the decision to drop him again and bring in Cody Ramsey this week, who has never set the world on fire at fullback. So I, I don't agree with that one at all. What do you think? It probably is just a byproduct of how poor their hooking stocks are, really, isn't it? Because they lose McCulloch, who's, you know, he does a job. He was, you know, a one-time origin player, not hitting those heights this year. They have to move him by out of necessity because Sullivan can't play 60, 80 minutes in the middle. Yeah, is Cody Ramsey the answer at fullback? Probably not. Um, but where do they? where else do they turn here? The Warriors... Again, they were down, what was it, 26 nil at one point, I think, against Souths, something close to that. Somehow rallied to get back to within two points uh, at full time. But again, they head into this one outsiders. $2.50 top sport, and they're getting a four and a half uh, head start here on the Dragons. So shows you again they're up against it. Yeah, it does. And that first half against Souths, it honestly looked like Cody Walker was at training. Like, it was so easy for South. It was ridiculous. I don't know what happened in the second half, but yeah. really bad signs for the Warriors. Their defense is just non-existent. Uh, they do get... Toe Harris starts this week on the edge with mm-hmm. Jack Murphy at lock, which is maybe we could see a late change. And Ewan Aiken is back also. So their four pack is... You know, it always looks strong on paper, but they really haven't delivered at any stage this season. Yeah, again, maybe just easing... Um... Tohu back, and I think he only got, was it 26 points last week or something along those lines? It was pretty poor. Uh, we, we did say that, didn't we, to hold off, don't bring him in straight away, have a look at him, and maybe by round 13 he's got a bit of match fitness and getting back somewhere near what we know he can produce in a super coach sense. Uh, other than that, though, looks a, a real scrappy game, this one, and really too much, well, it's hard to get too excited about too much in this one. Uh, we mentioned Zach Lomax there. I think he would have been spoken of in origin chances when Latrell went down, but he's just not getting enough ball, and it's pretty disappointing to see. A little bit like Stags, even. They should be the centerpiece in their team's attack down the right side, but just the ball goes left too often. Yeah, I honestly think when Lomax and Rabaloa get the ball down the right, they look good, and the Dragons look good as a whole, but it seems to go to Moses Sawley all the time. He's playing well, don't get me wrong, but I, I think they'd be best served going right a bit more. But, uh, yeah, from a betting point of view, $1.54... Dragons, still 50, the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I, I can't make a case for either of those prices. It's too hard. Neither team is playing anywhere near consistent enough. Keep your powder dry maybe there. Just before we push on, I think one player we haven't spoken about in some time, maybe not since January when we sat down and we went through the halves and 5 eighths preview, Sean Johnson. Now, he has lost a lot of money. He has lost the goal kicking as well, which hurts his scoring. But he's at, about, I think it's about $350,000. Will play round 13. Now, people are going to have to make a decision to sell Cleary, Hines, Munster, one, two, or three of those players come origin if you want someone playing. I think the Warriors, they do play 13. 
So Johnson, is he an option really? I mean, we know what he can bring at his best. He's not hitting that, but maybe this is a game for SJ to just, you know, find some of that vintage form. Yeah, look, I was a big fan of his preseason. I was going to start the year with him. Uh, I had, a, I wanted to get him in draft. I was all over him, but he just has not produced uh, yeah. nine games this year, only two scores above 50. It's about six scores in the 20s. So, look, I know he does play the buy, but pretty risky. Maybe some value elsewhere, perhaps. Um, while we're at it, let's find a try scorer in that one because there may be points, both teams. We, we do know that they... Uh, they do only play one side of the ball, and that's usually when they've got it in their hands. For me, it's hard to um, to go past that left side of the Dragons because that's just the way that they keep favouring. Uh, Matt Fiangai, Fiangai, two dollars and three, probably uh, you know the clear elector. Ravalawa is a favourite here, actually. I don't think he touched the ball last week. Uh, Lomax, two dollars and eighty-one, but that man Moses Sully down that left side, three dollars twenty, could present some value. Yeah, I'm not sure how he's a bigger price than Lomax. If you watch the Dragons play, they go left every time, and you saw the the, the Rabbitohs kill the Warriors on both sides last week. So I reckon Sully three dollars twenty is worth a small bit. Speaking of uh, SJ, there five dollars ninety any time. If you think uh, he can find some of that uh, vintage form, let's move on to uh, as we said here, probably one of the better games of the round, if not the best game of the round, the Storm and the Cowboys. The Storm travelling up to North Queensland. The Cowboys, we never could have anticipated that we'd see this from Todd Payton's men. No, I think we've said it every week now that we thought they were going to come last or close to it. and They just keep delivering. And I honestly think their win the other night, I know it was only against West, but the way they clinically put away a bad team, mm. that's, like, that's what the good teams do. And they're starting to look like a genuinely good team. And Got to start taking them seriously, I guess. Yeah, it's only taken us eleven weeks to to take them as a serious <laughs> option. I think even we said last week you could get you could get them uh, two dollars ten to make the top eight, and that was in round ten. Now that's probably a better price than what you were getting for Cronulla before a ball was kicked a dollar ninety. You know, and Cowboys are firmly entrenched in the top four now. Um, so no, a serious team, the Cowboys. If you are looking at it like that, you said here they're on fire. Ruben Cotter, he's killing it. We're going to talk Origin teams and updates to that a little bit later. He is one name that we have added because I think when we first did it, it was maybe round eight, nine. He wasn't on the list, but the way he's played the last, you know, as we say, three, four weeks, it's just been insatiable. Yeah, he was a bolter, maybe. I think I said at the time, but I couldn't predict how how well he's gone and I think Cameron Smith was talking him up on radio a few weeks ago so it honestly sounds like he's going to be there and I think he's he's turned to more than just you know a, he was brought in for by coverage for round 13 but mm. the way he's scoring and the minutes he plays he could almost be a season-long keeper yeah there's no reason why he can't he's there and a nice little dual option there hooker and uh, 2RF so I know this everyone's got this idea at least I did at one point you know Cook and Grant are the, are the aspirational hookers maybe it's not maybe it's cotter and grant or you know maybe there are some other values um value players that present themselves of course uh, we'll get to the shark soon but mckinnis starting at lock this week maybe that's an option there as well if you can find some of that form like cotter um tamalolo here i think he played just 31 minutes last week you've written down he must play more than that this week i think you go back through his minutes played against some of those bigger teams Think of the, even the Raiders at, at the time. That seemed a big game for the Cowboys. Um, he played 65 minutes, I think it was, in that one. Probably expecting him to play upwards of 60 again this week against the Storm Pack. Yeah, I think everyone was freaking out on Sunday night when he, he wasn't coming back on, myself included. Um, 
but I think it gets it dawned on everybody that you know they've got two big games against the Storm and the Panthers the next two weeks. So yeah. Todd Payton, I guess he he kind of trolls Supercoach a fair bit. Uh, he took off Drinkwater as well the other night, which was interesting. But I can't imagine he's going to be toying with it too much this week against uh, a team like Melbourne. Yeah, and it's going to get to a point, isn't it, when you say they're toying with it and trolling, and it's going to get to a point in the season where he says, "No, that's enough." You know, I'm paying these guys big money to play big minutes. Uh, I think this could be one of those weeks, depending on the scoreline, of course, because if they do get behind a little bit, as you say there, they've got another game that's pretty difficult the week after against uh, Penrith, as you say there. So maybe it's like uh, Nick Kyrgios, when he knows he's going to lose a set, just puts the shots away and he's happy to change ends. Uh, you got here Jerome Hughes back much earlier than what we're anticipating. I think we read last Saturday afternoon it was a three- to four-week injury. He may just uh, miss one week, so uh, good for Hughes holders. Yeah, absolutely. Good for Melbourne because I just think, yeah, you can play maybe without one of your superstars, but when you had perhaps any who's out, you could tell that they were nowhere near their best the other night. So great to see him back. Uh, Tyron Wishart named at fullback again. You'd have to admit he was pretty ordinary there last week. And mm-hmm. when you have a player like Nick Meaney on the wing who has played fullback many times, I'm surprised he doesn't get named there. Yeah, I think we said last week as well, again, not blowing our trumpets, but just making a you know, point of the case. Uh he was always going to top, cop bombs from Cleary last week, Wishart, and I think twice he either dropped it or looked uncomfortable. One led directly to a try. I was surprised Munster didn't go back to fullback last week. Um, I was happy that they kept Manny on the wing. I think he does a, a better job for a team uh, coming out of uh, or coming off a wing. Munster safe as a house under the high ball. I wouldn't be surprised again if Munster does play fullback this week. Now I'm not saying he will, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does. And if Wishart plays uh, his halves role, that's what he's grown up playing. Munster again, I think he's represented Queensland wearing the number one. So we know what he can do there at the back. You've got here again a bounce back game for the Storm. Rarely do they lose two games in a row. Uh, and even though they did lose last week, they're going to head into this game as favourites. So $1.50topsport.com.au. The Cowboys $2.60 at home. Yeah, well, I know we, we just sort of said that we're going to take Cowboys seriously, and I am, but this is a hard game. I'm. Melbourne is still Melbourne. They only lost to Penrith the other day, and they get their halfback back. So I'd probably rather go with them at the minus 5.5 if I had to. Let's talk Xavier Coates. Again, speaking of round 13, considerations, origin considerations, break-evens, prices uh, going up and down. He has to be someone that you'd think would be on a lot of uh, the chopping block this week, Xavier Coates. Yeah, I think he only got six the other day. Uh, and like we always say with players like him, he doesn't have any base stats. So if he's not scoring tries, he's not scoring any points. Uh, mm. Cowboys this week, and then they have Manly, and then the bye. So there's probably not a lot of uh, good scores coming his way, you wouldn't think, but you never know. And that's going to be a real pain to some coaches who just brought him in on the back of those two massive scores. I think it was against uh, Newcastle and the Warriors, uh, maybe vice versa. Uh, expecting him to get a good run at uh, some good cash progression. He made a little bit of coin. Actually, he made plenty of coin, but probably expected it, that coin um, making opportunities to extend on in, up until round 13, but it's just not going to be the case here. Uh, you sort of said there that Storm deserved favourites in the market, but uh, give me the Cowboys plus 5.5, $1.95 at home. I'm happy to be with the home side with the start. Yeah, probably, like you said, arguably the game of the round, if not the second best, the best. I don't know. Uh, hopefully a dry track up there in North Queensland. Storm will be really hungry, like you said, and the Cowboys will be trying to prove that they're the real deal. 
Now, now that we think we'd say this about the Roosters, they're probably going to have to prove themselves again that they are the real deal this year, at least that they can mix it with some of these better teams. They've knocked off Parramatta last week, who themselves knocked off the Panthers and the Storm. But the Roosters, back at home, they're going to have to show something here against the Panthers if they really want to lock down that title of being a top-four contender. Yeah, I wonder how they'll treat this game. You know, sometimes Trevor Robertson is happy to ease their way into the season, but they've had a few good wins now. Maybe they will actually see this game as, like you're saying there, a statement and a way to prove that they're actually the real deal. I'm not sure. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, Roosters, $3.80, outsiders, topsport.com.au. The Panthers heading to the SCG. I think it's probably just the second time that they've ever done that, or at least since bloody 1988. Uh, $1.27 there, uh, the Panthers, as we say, the line, a big start for the home side, 10.5. The Panthers, they can gobble that up quickly, though. I think they raced out to a 12-0 lead inside 10 minutes last week against Melbourne. So when they're in a mood, the Panthers... It's hard uh, to stop them from rolling. The Roosters team, there's a bit of news here around uh, the lock with Radley out. Yeah, he's out for two months, I think I read today, since Moses. So that's pretty... Wow. I don't know if a lot of people own him, but it's not a great not great for the Roosters in general as he's probably an important player in their, in their team. Uh, Nat Butcher gets a start there. Just, I think the Roosters are an interesting team at the moment because they play around 38 against Canberra, but they will mm-hmm. have some players out. So it might not be an easy game, but... Just look at their run for a second. Panthers this week, the week after they play the Sharks, then the Raiders in the bye round, then the Storm, the Eels again, and the Panthers. So it's like literally the top four teams in the next six weeks. Uh, I want some of their players, but then again, I don't see them scoring big players like Suwali and Manu. Yeah, I mean, well done if you jumped on Suwali early because he's flying uh, in every sense. He's just uh, scoring tries and doing it for fun. We said a couple of weeks ago, maybe he's just, again, we use that term, easing himself in. He was eased into the year by Trent Robinson, started the year for North Sydney. He's come in, played some good footy. Uh, now he looks a real first grader, doesn't he? He's competing with the men. Uh, yeah, a, a big body there. But as you say, I was sort of hesitant to jump on him a couple of weeks ago because I saw the, those games, those fixtures, and I thought if he's not scoring one, two tries a game, he could lose money even at the cheap quote. So anyway, he's he's proved me wrong, and now he's making plenty of cash. Yeah, he's going very well, and I don't know if we've missed the boat or not, but he's definitely improving with every game. Uh, Penrith are one to seventeen, and you know why wouldn't they be? They showed again the other night they are the team to beat this year. And as we said at the top, uh, Isaac Tago, he was a lot of people were selling him. I was one of those, and he fights back with a well-made hundred. Um, probably wish I almost had him back now because he does play that all-important buy round. Yeah, and uh, I guess a little bit tougher assignment this week for Isaac up against Joey Manu, who himself has been in, I'll say, mixed form. Um, maybe a little bit harsh on Joey because he does have the big scores in him for a centre wing. He could be one of those trade-in targets uh, for that first buy round. Again, we might keep our powder dry there. We'll go get to that. Uh, very, very soon. Let's move on. The uh, next game, first game on Sunday, the Rabbits and the Raiders. Tommy, how do the Raiders make it two in a row? Because they've struggled with consistency. Even the other day, up 26-0 or whatever it was, 20-0 at halftime. We thought they were a chance to lose it at one point. Yeah, well, we've lost that many games for that position over the years. So it was great to see them hold on to the lead and even extend it, despite the fact they had three Simbins. So it was a, probably the best win, definitely the best win of this season. Best win for a while for the club. 
how do we build on it? I don't know. Uh, South will also be desperate because they're inconsistent even within games as they showed last week against the Warriors. Yeah, Souths looked like that first half, as you say, it looked like a training run for Cody Walker and Alex Johnston and even uh, Tane Milne down that right side. They looked like they were getting back to some of their you know, grand final form of 2021. Then they just clocked off. They start here favourites, $1.57, $2.40 outside as the Raiders. This one's going to be played in Dubbo, so not sure what the weather's doing out that way in that part of the world. Hopefully a dry track and they'll get a good crowd out there, irrespective of uh, rain, hail, shine. We saw with the Sharks, though, just on, you mentioned there the sin binnings to the Raiders um, and obviously had to play parts of that game with, were they ever down to 11 at one point, at least a couple of periods with 12. The Sharks, they had to do that against the Warriors the week before going up to Magic Round. So maybe there could be a, a sense of fatigue, a hangover here for the Raiders and you'd almost forgive them if they got caught undone by that having to play an hour with you know a man down. Yeah, it's a great point, and I agree with you, because you could tell the Sharks were not on the other day. They probably were a bit tired from the previous week, and I think South will be really up for this game after the second half last week against the Warriors. They want to prove that they actually can play 80 minutes, and yeah, if Raiders are fatigued at all, they will struggle. Uh, just quickly on team news, Trent Peoples is back in, the uh, the mystery man, basically. Uh, he's been added to the game, and he's it's his second game this week. He actually scored well on debut. Uh, for the Raiders, Jack Whiten's back, which is a big in. Uh, popular sh- cheapy Brad Schneider is gone with mm. Frawley getting the halfback slot. And just one here I thought worth mentioning, Zach Wolford. He uh, debuted the other day. I don't think he was even in the Supercoach game when the game started uh, on Sunday. So no one owned him, yeah, but right. he played quite well. Uh, he'll go- He's going to start probably for as long as he wants in the nine jersey with Starling coming off the bench. So... He plays around 13, he's 175k. He's not the worst shout as a cheapie. No, great shout. And, you know, if you look at someone like a Randall, if you want to cash out, and if you're still holding Randall, that is, and trade down to a Wolford rather than up to one of these origin hookers in Cook or Grant, he could be the one. Um, bit of nostalgia there about seeing Wolford in the nine for the Raiders. Uh, probably one of the reasons why you fell in love with the club. And his dad, Simon, at one point, and Clinton Schifosky and... Mark McClendon, some of these other great names from yesteryear. Uh, just on Brad Schneider there, do we know how far off uh, Jamal Fogarty is? Because, yeah, get Whiten back this week, that's that's a boost. But you think he, they've trained all summer with Whiten and Fogarty there. Uh, he, he mustn't be far away, and that'll boost the club as well. Yeah, not 100%. Last time I heard was uh, around 14, so still a couple of weeks away, but... You know, not too late in the year. They'll have enough time to hopefully mount a challenge for the semis. And, yeah, when they do get their spine back intact, watch out. Yeah, no stopping them. The green machine, they might roll on into (laughs) eighth place to eventually get bundled out by someone in week one. Anyway, let's move on. The uh, last game of the round here, the Titans and the Sharks to finish it off. Seabus Super Stadium, the venue, the top sport Titans up against the Sharks here. $2.80, the home team. Cronulla, $1.44. They'll be disappointed by that result there. Have some excuses, but uh, Fitzgibbon won't want to rely on that. Nico Hines, back to Jersey 7. Well, we sat there watching that game on Sunday, just saying the whole time, why is he not playing 7? And it, Yeah, thank God he is named there. Trindle really struggled. Hines was just trying to get his hands on the ball as much as he could. Yeah. And whenever he did, they looked a better team. So it's good to see him back in the in the in the main role too many cooks in the kitchen perhaps uh hines to seven means lachlan miller comes into fullback 
Now, interesting here, Miller, uh, he's playing fullback this week, but he's actually only a halfback on Supercoach. So have a look at that one in your draft leagues if you are top of the waivers tonight or scoop him up as a free agent tomorrow if you're desperate for a halfback. I know I am, Tommy. Uh, Lockie Miller, he's a rugby sevens type. Um, what else do we know about him? Has he been playing well for Newtown? Couldn't tell you, mate. Um, I have heard good things about him. I don't know how he's been playing, though. So, look, hopefully, I, I think this looks a much better team uh, with Hines at seven. Miller can just do a job at fullback, hopefully, and this is a relatively soft game against the Titans. Uh, more team news, as you mentioned before, Wade Graham gets to start this week. I don't think he looked incredible last week, but he might go better as a starter. Teague Wilton is on the bench, and Dale Finucane is out again with concussion. Yeah, concerning for Dale. I think that's his second one of the season. And not only with his concussion, listening to the press conference after that game, he actually uh, injured his knee when falling uh, because of the concussion. So he's actually out just as much as for the concussion as he is a knee injury. He could miss up to a month, I think. So uh, good go here for Cam McInnes in Jersey 13, perhaps. Uh, doesn't play 13, so maybe you do look at him uh, after that first buy, although there could be some cash to be made now. Uh, at a lowish sort of price. The Sharks, again, they'll want to bounce back. We've said it a couple of times already. This is a good game for them to do so. The Titans, they got that win last week, but even then they didn't look rock solid. So you think the Sharks class should prevail here if they can get it right? Yeah, dollar forty-four. the Sharks, $2.80, the Titans, minus 6.5, the Sharks, the Lion, it's a dollar eighty-five. so it's already been backed a little bit, and I, I'd have to go with that. I, I agree with you. I think Titans were not convincing at all. The Sharks will be looking to fight back after that poor display. Uh, so, yeah, I reckon they can definitely cover. Yeah, they were, they were very poor last week, the Sharks, by all standards. I think Wade starting, he'll go on that left side. So I think that only improves that left side attack. We spoke of Talakai. Is he a trade? Is he not? Um, again, make your own mind up on that one. But I think that only improves that left side. Uh, Nico Hines, again, we know what he can do outside or inside of Matt Moylan. Ronaldo Molotalo, $1.81. Give it to me every day of the week. I think he scores a couple this week. If you do think he can score two, $4. So that's probably where I'd be going this week. I think he can double it up this week. Yeah, look, no try scores really for me. Uh, Ronaldo probably is the go. Uh, just look quickly on the Titans. It's not a bet, but just looking at that back line at the moment, uh, Marzu cannot make the team. Brian Kelly cannot make the team. Patrick Herbert cannot make the team. And it's not superstars keeping them out, but it's quite interesting to see all three of those names who actually started the year in the starting team all now on the reserves. Interesting as well. We said last week uh, we questioned why Jaden Campbell was out. He came back, he looked pretty good. So credit where it's due. Um, for young Campbell, a couple of line breaks as well. Does play round 13. So again, if you are thinking left field, maybe he is an option. Tommy, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, we're going to talk some captains for this week. But as well, we've mentioned it already, a bit of buy planning, uh, some updated origin squads, or at least what we think they will be. And of course, the impact of that upon round 13. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Yeah, welcome back. Uh, Supercoach365 podcast proudly brought to you again this year by topsport.com.au. 
Uh, this time in the show, Tommy, before we dive into captains and such, we do talk futures and Penrith. $2.80 premiership favourites now on the back of that win over Melbourne. Melbourne just wound out slightly to $3.60. We said last week there was sharks uh, value about the Sharks rather at $10. They're now $13 to win the grand final. Don't know if they can win it going off that, but definitely, again, value at the price, the Sharks. Yeah, perhaps, but I just think... I know they probably had excuses the other day with being tired from the week before, but you know the likes of Penrith and Melbourne don't lose by 20 to the Canberra Raiders, no matter what time of the year it is. So I still think they might be a year off winning the comp. But yeah, if I had to bet, I'd honestly just go with Penrith. I just think they're really hard to beat again. Yep, very tricky. Uh, speaking of Penrith, to make the top four a dollar and one, so uh, probably not too much. Uh, well, Winks likes odds are really there. The Storm as well, a dollar five. But the Cowboys are the team I want to speak of here to make the top four. You're still getting three dollars and ten about the Cowboys. Look, I know it's a long season, but we're almost halfway there, and they've looked every bit a top four team. So even that at that price, three dollars ten for the Cowboys, that's probably where I'd be going. Yeah, not a bad price at all. Um... If they can keep it up this week and next week will be the two indications though against the Storm and the Panthers. So if they can get a result out of either of them, that price will be halved. Now, of course, we saw last week uh, great wins to Brisbane, uh, $1.37 now to make the top eight. So they've been crunched in there. Souths as well, $1.40 seems, you know, slight unders for mine given what we've seen from them, inconsistencies and such. We've mentioned the Raiders, a big win last week against the Sharks, $3.60 to make the top eight. Now, they've got a bit of ground to make up, we know, but they're going to get their half back, uh, back on deck pretty soon. If Whiten can find some form, the Raiders with Ricky, they're always a chance to make the top eight. Yeah, I think it's the, uh, probably sound biased, but it's the only value in the market if for the top eight, I think. Uh, the other teams are really short. Seems like the Dragons and Titans are not going to make it. Once we get Fogarty back, you never know. We have a pretty soft draw throughout the whole year, so who knows? But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be betting your last dollar on it. We always say gamble responsibly, and if you're betting the Raiders to make the top eight again, gamble very responsibly. <laughs> anyway, uh, topsport.com.au. You can become a customer. You can do so via the link in our Instagram bio. You'll find us there. Uh, sign up if you're already a customer. Well done. You're getting the best odds in rugby league. Sport racing, golf and greyhounds, whatever you're into, topsport.com.au. They'll have you covered. Of course, the NBA Finals coming to a head soon. Plenty of markets on all of that. Tommy, let's talk some captains for round 13. Oh, sorry, not round 13, round 11. Let's not look too far ahead. Um, let's pick out some, some of the best fixtures, some of the bigger names. And you've got here Tom Travojevic, almost out of necessity. We just have to mention Tommy. He's not playing that well, not scoring that well. But again, you'd probably be a brave man to exclude him from this segment. Yeah, maybe as a vice option early in the round. I do think, like we said earlier in the podcast, uh, a lot of the big teams are playing each other again this week. So it does make the uh, the captaincy choice quite tricky. Uh, so him against the Eels, maybe, maybe not. I do think the Eels also, Papali and Moses, both playing well. And if Manly can, uh, if Manly produces the sort of defence they produced last week, those two boys could go really big. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, particularly... I mean, he seems to score every week, and when he's doing that, he's always a safe um, captaincy option. And Mitch Moses, again, I think I've held him, I've sold him, but now you look at him and you think, well, he, you know, while he did score that eight against the Cowboys, he scores since. I think he scored a 54 and then a 100. So, again, high ceiling players, always good to be with them early in the round as a vice captain. Then we look to the Storm and uh, the Cowboys fixture. You've got here Munster and Grant. Again, no Ryan Pappenhausen out injured still, but Munster and Grant, look in Munster's eye after that loss last week. I think he's in for a massive game against the Cowboys. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the Storm will really be looking to bounce back here. And obviously we know Pappenhausen, you know, other people are going to have to pick up a lot of the work. So those two come front of mind. Uh, later that night, Panthers and Roosters. I guess Nathan Cleary always is a, is a consideration. He, he played really well the other day. I think he got 88. Tough game again against the Roosters, but he'll be popular. Absolutely, and I think we saw that, as you say, they're 88 against the Storm. The Roosters, probably not at the levels that they have been in their premiership years uh, that we think of recently. So, clearly, he won't be phased, I don't think. And, of course, uh, speaking of number sevens, we've thrown the captaincy on plenty of times this year, Nico Hines. Uh, again, one of those options uh, late in the round, Sunday afternoon. We've said it a couple of times. The Sharks, they seem to get these Sunday fixtures. Nico Hines on a Sunday, it's a proven uh, formula for success. Yeah, it looks a good game against the Titans. We thought that against the Raiders last week, though. So hopefully he can go better than 50, but I think he will, and I think I'll have the captain on him. Of course, uh, we'll do our captain's call on Wednesday night. Uh, we do it every week on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you get us, at Supercoach365. Our captain's call will go through all of those options, the pros and cons of each, uh, and ultimately we'll try and land on one as well to make your captaincy choices a little bit easier. Uh, ahead of the next round. Now, Tommy, let's talk uh, all of that in mind, of course, and everything we've gone through this week already for round 11 and such. Let's do an update to our Origin squads. Now, we did this a couple of weeks ago. New South Wales squad on your screens here now, if you are watching us on YouTube. Uh, We'll go through the 1 to 23, as it appears here. Uh, Pretty much a stock standard back line there. Tedesco, uh, Tom Travojevic. We've got here an asterisk still over Latrell Mitchell, whether he'll be there or not. Uh, Steve Crichton, I think we agree on that. Will he be leading the race to that left centre role if uh, Latrell won't be there? Probably. Uh, He's not even playing left centre at club level. That's probably the only issue, I think. So I I don't think Latrell's a chance. Uh, He only flew out to America yesterday. He's going to be there for two weeks. And by then, the team's being named. So he's pretty much no chance. Uh, Ado Carr, the other winger. Luan Clearier, obviously a lock for the halves. Uh, up front, Payne Haas. Daniel Safidi, probably. Damien Cook. Uh, and then we've got another one here, which we're not too sure of. Tyson Frizzell or Angus Crichton as uh, one of the second rowers. Crichton's not in great form, is he? He's not, but I think originally here a couple of weeks ago we had Cam Murray, who we think will be missing through injuries. So I think Freddie just then goes back to experience. You know, Frizzell, a seasoned origin player, and so too Angus Crichton, almost like we saw with Tarek Sims last year. Would you be shocked if you know Angus comes into this team and suddenly the best player across the three games? Maybe not, because you know he is a big game player, won a couple of comps here at the Roosters. Liam Martin, I think we've got him holding down the other edge. Uh, that would be the right edge playing outside Cleary like he does at club level. Uh, and still on those Penrith connections there, Isaiah Yo, uh, number 13. Uh, he's in everything the Penrith uh, side does well. And again, they're going to base a lot of their game, I feel, around uh, what Isaiah Yo and Nathan Cleary will bring to that ball playing. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a very Penrith-oriented team. Uh, looking at our likely bench, I think Nico Hines is pretty much a lock for that 14 now with Pappenhausen out. Uh, Junior Paulo, Paolo, however it's said these days. Uh, Jake Jaboyevich, Paolo. Sims, Clemmer, this is just a few other names to consider. Gutherson, Campbell Graham is another one maybe for the centres. And then you've got a few others there, the likes of Mitch Moses, Jackie Whiten and Kaloa Matungi. Uh, So, yeah, they're probably names I guess we're pretty much saying aren't going to be there around 13 if their team is is playing. Clemmer that good. We've got him there twice. 
17 and 23 <laughs> or 22 as it is there. I think uh, the injury to Pappenhausen really brings Gutherson or Whiten back into contention. Um, purely as that 18th man role because they can come on and play, you know, six, seven, even fullback, center, nine at a you know at a pinch, 13 maybe. Um, whereas uh, obviously Nico Hines, we think he's going to be the utility, but would you be again as I use that term? Would you be shocked if it is Jack White in Jersey 14 ahead of Nico Hines and Nico's the 18 on form? Maybe you are, but on experience and everything else considered, would you be? I'm up again. I'm probably not for mine. I think White's more chance of being the left centre. I'm not saying he will be, but he's played left centre before for New South Wales, so yeah, maybe. I think Gutherson's also played center for New South Wales, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. there's a few options for that spot, but uh, yeah, it's one to watch. Okay, so names there that we've added. Uh, Tyson Frizzell, maybe, uh, and obviously Clemmer as well. But uh, otherwise, Ryan Pappenhausen taken out. There's probably not too much impact there on the round 13 stocks of the Blues, but maybe more so for the Queenslanders. And again, we've already mentioned it there. Jersey 16, we've got that asterisk there, or the the if or buts over Fodawaka and Cotter. I think this is what it's going to come down to. And, of course, uh, David Fafita there in Jersey 12 as well. Tommy, read us through from 1 to 17. Yeah, Ponga looks the fullback. Coates, Holmes, Gagai, and Tabuai Fido. But I actually think Corey Oates could be a smoky. He's playing yeah. so well for the Broncos, and he's been there before in origin. So yep. you never know with him. Uh, Munster and Cherry Evans, obviously the halves. Papali'i and Big Tino at prop. Grant, uh, Harry Grant obviously will be hooker. Kurt Capewell, David Fafita, where is he tracking fitness-wise? We're not sure, but he will probably be in the squad somewhere along with Jai Arrow. Takes through the bench, mate. Benny Hunt, Jersey 14. If he wasn't 14, he'd be 7, but the captain's 7, Cherry Evans, so he's got to be there somewhere, I feel. Uh, Paddy Carrigan, I think, you know, I would both been big on him for some time now making this squad and that game against Souths a couple of weeks ago I think that's just confirmed his place uh, in this team Fodder Waker or Cotter again ifs or buts what does that look like there and Felice Cafusi, I think his experience just gets him into this team if nothing else both firm or maybe the 18th man his versatility but then you look at their extended squad as well uh, Frankie Molo Tommy Flegler Sami Sua uh, Reed Marnie even Brimson so there's a plenty of utility value there with whatever way they look to go for that 18th man. I think Firmall maybe offers more uh, than some of those others. But again, it's going to be whatever Billy, Cam and uh, JT decide on. In terms of uh, impacts on round 13, though, Ruben Cotter's the obvious one. Yeah, he is. Um, obviously, uh, we said before, you know, I think I brought him in maybe around five or six when he came back from injury. And a lot of that was for round 13, just thinking he'll be a solid player to play that weekend. But... I can't see him playing there now. I think he's going to make the Origin team and good on him, but uh, it's not great for super coaches. But like we said before, maybe he's a season-long keeper anyway. Yeah. Almost like uh, when I brought in Steve Crichton, I think it was the same week you brought in Cotter. I thought it went the other way. I thought just get in a high-scoring centre-wing option who will play round 13 and then Latrell got injured. So anyway, we've sort of both taken that long approach, that long lens and could come back to, to Hornus in the end. Uh of that, or from that, speaking of round 13, give us your top three trade targets, maybe, that considered, because now, if not last week, the week before, we, we really should be thinking of trade targets uh, this week, but also the, the weeks ahead. Yeah, well, I've, two of the main ones I want to go with are Penrith players. I'm looking at their run. They play the Bulldogs in that all-important round 13, and they have the Knights 
and then they have the Warriors. So three very easy games, you'd have to say, for Penrith. Uh, yeah. I think Viliama Kikau's playing really well. I think he's someone that you can look at as a high-ceiling player for that bye week. And Dylan Edwards, he's safe as a mm. house. Maybe you could go from someone like a, a Teddy or a, I don't know, a Hines, if you wanted to hear it of Hines, to a Dylan Edwards. He won't let you down. He's a good player. And the other one I had was still Ruben Garrick. I know Manly aren't playing that well, but he's going to play fullback in that round 13 game against the Warriors, so he's a good chance to go big that night. Yeah, kicking goals, and he will get the dual position update uh, as a fullback center wing option, I think, as soon as next week. So uh, definitely one still under consideration despite some low scores for mine. Still sticking with that Cowboys trend. Bigger games. If you haven't already got Jason Tamalolo, I think he's one that you could look towards this week. Uh, sorry, specifically for round 13 in mind. But again, you speak of season-long keepers. Would you be disappointed if you held on for Tamalolo? Maybe not. I don't feel. Dual position forward. He does everything right when he does play the minutes. And just hopefully those minutes come at the back end of the year. Other ones we've already spoken of tonight. Uh, Joseph Sawali and Joseph Manu. A pair of roosters doing good things down the right side. Got here an asterisk over Josh Schuster. Again, I think he's an option. Uh, when he gets back into that starting role and Tommy Turbo, I think we we haven't seen them to combine yet. I think in a match this year, so if they can be both fit and on deck for Manly come the back end of the year, they're definitely going to only make each other better. And one here that hasn't been really spoken of a hell of a lot, but I'm a big fan of this bloke, Reese Robson. I think he's a genuine option there at the hooker option. Uh, not dual position, so a slight knock against some of those other names like Cotter, if you were to hang on to him, or McInnes, even Connor Watson, perhaps, playing round 13. But Reese Robson, for mine, when he plays big minutes, he's just a great scorer. Yeah, I, I honestly... You always talked about him a little bit to me, and I've never really taken him seriously, <laughs> but four out of the last five weeks, he's played 80 minutes, which is great. He got 83 points the other night. They play round 13 against the Titans... He does tick some boxes for sure, so I like the shot. Yeah, definitely his running game is what I've been waiting for. And then the other night we finally saw it, didn't we? Um, just unfortunate for me as a non-Cotter owner that he did link up with Cotter pushing through the middle. But that's what I've always seen from Reese Robson, that potential. We saw it time and time again uh, in his days playing New South Wales Cup for the Dragons. Now, Tommy, uh, let's leave that one there. Let's finish on this, our listener talking points uh, to round us out. And uh, sorry for putting this up so late today on the Instagram, and people may have not seen it in the last hour or so. It's only just gone up, but there's still plenty of questions to get through. We might pick out the best five or six. Speaking of Ruben Cotter, Dylan underscore McInnes underscore zero six. Uh, is Ruben Cotter a buy? Tricky one. Um, he's getting pretty late because he probably will play Origin, but the way he's scoring and uh, the minutes he's playing, I, I'm going to say yes, he is. Okay. Um Good shout there. And again, hard to argue, even not playing round 13. Uh, Ashton J. Moore, 08. Should I trade Cam Murray to Pangai and Max King to Tino? So a little bit to take in there. Murray out, Pangai uh, in, firstly. Yeah, I like Pangai on paper, but just the other night was concerning with his minutes. So not sure. What do you think about Pangai? Yeah, again, probably one of those names that looks good to have in your team, but just not churning out the scores. It's probably... Better options there. But there, I can see the Alua if you know, a new coach can find the best in Pangai. Um, we, we've seen in the past what he can do. Good 65-point uh, scorer there at the front row slot. You wouldn't be disappointed. Uh, another one here from what underscore son. Uh, who to trade in for Coates and under 400K? So speaking of cashing out Xavier Coates, 
center wing option under 400k, uh, Sawali could be the one. He could. I think he's slightly over 400, but if he can make it work, uh, he's not a bad option. Christian Tilgloto is also over 400k at the moment, so there's not a lot. Tolo Cool is still under 400, but he's not scoring very well. So I don't know. It's a tricky one. I've been looking for a cheap, uh, cheap CW myself. So if you find mm-hmm. the answer, let me know. Yeah, DM us again. Second time around, give us the answer, not the question. Uh, Liam uh, Champney <laughs> says, Penasini Tamanu for round 13. Love it. Do it now. Hard to argue there. Um, Parramatta again. Not a not a not an easy fixture this week against Marnie, uh, Manly. Sorry, uh, but yeah, Joey Manu, uh, dual position player. He'll probably play fullback in round thirteen. You'd think, if not, Sawali's there. I don't know how that looks, but um, we have seen him excel in that Origin period in the past. Joey Manu. Uh, Adam Blundell says Brandon Smith. This is a statement. Brandon Smith is a must-have for Origin. Must-have for Origin. What, what does he mean by? I think I'm in the confused. Origin week. He's not even. Yeah, well, he's not playing round 13, so I wouldn't rush to him. He's playing prop this week, and he I don't like his hair. Okay, no, a <laughs> couple of points there, particularly the last one. Stokesy93, uh, is Kurt Manor hold, and where the bloody hell is he? Don't know, and no, he's not a hold. No, I probably what would have sold him a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I never bought him. I can see, again, going back to the start of the year, the allure of having a middle forward playing your CTW slot. I could see that. Um, don't know how it eventuated, to be honest. I never really looked at him. Alex Brigo up here, a uh, friend of the show. Zach Woodford, I think he means Wolford. Zach Wolford, cheapy of the week. Tommy, you've already given him a bit of a rap. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not getting him yet, but I, I reckon he's worth our consideration when he comes to that price rise. Another one here from Lawrence underscore Keely Seltalakai. Yeah, look, I don't know. We'll get to our trades shortly, but it's a tough one. It's probably his last chance this week against the Titans. Yeah, let's double this up. I'm going to uh, say here, how many should we have for round 13? This one from Turi 2020. How many players are you looking at? Oh, this, Yeah, this is a tough one. I've been speaking to a few people about this from other various podcasts, and they're all saying around... 12 is a good number. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be even able to reach 12 personally. Where are you tracking? Personally, I was looking at 14 or 15. Um, but again, and then we'll get to it very soon with our trading places, I'm bringing in names, or a name, uh, that I can look to keep for the rest of the year. Uh, two more here. One from Lil Newt X Coates and Randall Out. Lolo and Cotter in. Your thoughts? Is Lolo a must to finish the season? I don't know if he's a, a must to finish the season. Uh, I'd probably rather have him now and then maybe look to upgrade him later. What, what do you think about Tamalolo? I can't hold it off anymore. I'm going to throw it up on your screen here. This is my trading places for this week, the Buds Battlers. Uh, Xavier Coates out, Talakai out, and getting in Blake Taff and that man Jason Tamalolo. A uh, bit of thinking here behind the madness is, again, yes, I think Tamalolo can be a season keeper. Um, depending on minutes, of course, it's a big asterisk, but I think at least the next three, four weeks uh, heading into Origin, at least up to round 17, when I do like their draw, I think you'll play bigger minutes and then score bigger points. Uh, again, Blake Taff, I'm probably late to the boat here, but better late than never. I think he's the best option. 
he'll still get a good couple of weeks, I feel, while Luttrell is out at that fullback role. He's scoring well. Xavier Coates just not scoring at all. That leaves me with 21 trades, three remaining trade boosts beyond that, and $704,000 in the bank. So, again, I don't love the amount of money that I've got stockpiled away. I'm sort of handicapping myself, but... At the same time, I feel like I just need to because it is a long game now. I've set that task and myself that job with trading in Turbo a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I like your trades uh, for sure. The only question I have is, are you worried about Sunday afternoon seeing Sifatelikai go for a hat-trick or something? Because we've definitely been on the wrong side of him, but I feel like he's still got that, that high ceiling. Talakai owners are going to thank me on Sunday night when he's pumped out 150 because, as you say, we've been on the wrong side of him and I, you and I, a couple of times this year. Uh, two more here uh, before we get going. Uh, one more here from Kai Dawkins, still on uh, Talmalolo. He says, I already have Lolo and Cotter and Drinky. Do you guys think getting in Reese Robson is too much? Putting too much stock in the Cowboys? Oh, well, you like him, and I don't disagree with you. They're a good team to have at the moment, especially when they're playing the Gold Coast round 13. And they'll be without a lot of their forwards, the Titans, so that could be a big game for North Queensland. Yeah, I don't have Robson at the moment, but again, thinking of Cook and Randall, they're two names that could very easily turn into Reese Robson in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, one more here to finish us off, friend of the show, Blake Moore, better known as Blake's underscore Brushworks, with an X on Instagram, the best painter in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. Wishart stays in fullback, putting trust in the young fella. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I know Blake was a big rap on Wishart, and I think he's actually a good player, but like we said before, I'm surprised he's still fullback. Uh, Do you agree? Yeah, I am. And as I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Munster plays fullback this week. The Cowboys, unlike the Panthers, maybe not as good a kicking game. Townsend there and did, and probably not going to put up the spiral bombs like Cleary could. So maybe we do see the best out of Wishart. Coming out of his own end this weekend. Tommy, let's leave it there. Another big episode. Uh, plenty to get through for round 11, but also plenty for round 13. Yeah, big planning uh, period at the moment. No trades for me this weekend, by the way. First week, I haven't done any trades this year, so uh, playing the long game, I guess. Don't fix what ain't broke. Tommy Hudson just flying up into the top 1,000. Hopefully he can continue to do so this week. Round 11, getting close to origin. This is the Supercoach365 podcast. Give us a follow, a like, subscribe, thumbs up, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you get us, we'll be there too. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your round 11 footage. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 